what? Let me, let me just go ahead and say it right off. Why in the world are we teaching this? Because if you can change your thinking, you can change your life. If you can change your thinking to the way, way that God thinks, you can change your life. So say it with me. If I can change my thinking, I can change my life. So that is a key. That is the key to why we're doing this series. And uh, so let's get ready. Are y'all ready? So our foundation scripture. I guess that's me rattling. That's all right. Romans 12, 2. And I did it in New Living Translation this time. Uh, just to show you something a little bit different. It said, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Somebody just said, this is your thinking. I'm no good. I'm no good. I'm not any good. Let's change that today. We're a new creature. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now, the, the other translation we said that you can prove the will of God. We need to be proving God's real. We need to be proving his will. And, you know, we got a testimony today that we're going to uh, talk about, and you're going to see God. Amen? So guess what? Anybody ever other than me, so I'm going to use me, I've had people where I was down and out and not just feeling like I ought to feel, and I had somebody pray for me, and, man, I felt good. But when I walked out the door and went back to the house, I started thinking about all the bad that went on and that depression and oppression came right back on me. If you don't change your thinking, you won't change. You can't defeat the devil. Amen? So let's talk about let's talk about three things you have. You have three enemies that bring destructive thoughts. Are you ready? Write that down. You have three enemies that bring destructive thoughts. Number one, your old nature. Your old nature. Your flesh. The Bible talks about your flesh. So and, and we're going to read a good bit of scripture here just for a second. And because Paul's trying to show us the difference between spirit and flesh. And I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about your spirit that's recreated, you as a child of God, the new creature that's on the inside of you. God wants to change your thinking, and God wants to change you. Okay? It's going to have a good amen. And a smile or something. I'm preaching to cabbage heads. They all look the same. No, just kidding. But Romans uh, 8, 5, and this is a, a, a translation that I want you to follow with me. It said, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think, think, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think, think, think about things that please the Spirit. Well, we want to live where we're pleasing the Spirit. How many of you know that that's better than living and thinking about everything that's going wrong? And when you think about it and you even see things going wrong, you can think about the Holy Spirit and he'll say, I got this. Then you can smile in the midst of the battle. Come on. And so let's, let's read. We're going to read a good bit of Scripture here in Romans 7. And notice this, Romans 7, and then we go to Romans 8. 
there were no chapters and script and uh, verses the way Paul wrote it. He wrote it in a letter, and so that's the way I'm going to read it. So I'm going to try to read this because in the King James, it's pretty difficult to understand. So I'm doing it in the Living Bible, and it's even still, but he's talking about the sinful nature. If you don't know that you were born in a sinful nature, you need to recognize it and wake up. You have a sinful nature, and it's supposed to die. I used to say, whoever taught my kids how to throw a fit, we, I'm going around and around with you. Because how do you, a two-year-old know how to throw a fit? That's their sinful nature. I mean, you ever been in Walmart or in the grocery store and you make the turn? I'm not going down that aisle. There's a kid throwing a hissy fit. And I always talk about my grandsons. I said, y'all, don't be throwing a hissy fit. Well, we're driving home. I'm driving them home the other day. And Judah goes, Micah's throwing a hissy fit, Pop. A hissy fit. That's your flesh. Have you ever seen adults throw a hissy fit? Same thing. It's your flesh. You got to recognize flesh, and you got to recognize the Spirit, and the Spirit of God will speak to you. And so let's dig in to where Paul's talking about this, and I'm going to try to read it as and help you to understand. And so when he talks about the law, it's the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. You all with me? The Ten Commandments are perfect. We're not. The Ten Commandments came to show us that we needed a Savior. Amen? We need a Savior. Okay? And so here we go. He starts off in verse 14. The law is good, then, and the trouble is not with, uh, is not there but with me. Trouble's not with the law but with me because I am sold into slavery with sin as my owner. Every person's born in sin. All right, let's read. Verse 15. I don't understand myself at all, for I really want to do what is right. But I can't. I do what I don't want to do, what I hate. I know perfectly well that what I am doing is wrong. And my bad conscience proves that I agree with these laws that I am breaking. This is the battle that's going on on the inside of everybody. And Paul's explaining it. But I can't help myself because I'm no, long, uh, I'm no longer doing it. It is sin inside me that is stronger than I am that makes me do these evil things. And he's not going to leave you there. I know I am rotten through and through so far as my old sinful nature is concerned. No matter which way I turn, I can't make myself do right. I want to, but I can't. That's why we need Jesus. When I want to do good, I don't. And when I try to do wrong, I do it anyway. Called addiction, isn't it? Ah. Now if I'm doing what I don't want to, it is plain where the trouble is. Sin still has me in its evil grasp. Okay, believer. Time to break it. It seems to be a fact of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love to do God's will so far as my new nature is concerned. I do too, don't you? But there is something else deep within me in my lower nature that is at war with my mind and wins the fight and makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Ah. In my mind, I want to be God's willing servant. But instead, I find myself still enslaved to sin. So you see how it is. My new life tells me to do 
right, but the old nature that is still inside me loves to sin. Oh, what a terrible predicament I'm in. Who will free me from this slavery uh, to this deadly lower nature? Thank God it has been done by Jesus Christ our Lord. He has set me free. Amen? So there is no condemnation to those who belong to Jesus. Okay? For the power of the life-giving spirit, and this power is mine through Christ Jesus, has freed me from the vicious circle of sin and death. We aren't saved from sin's grasp by knowing the com commandments of God because we can't and don't keep them. But God put into effect a different plan to save us called grace. He sent his own son in human body like ours, except that ours uh, are sinful, but his was not. And he destroyed sin's control over us by giving himself as a sacrifice for our sins. And here's where we started. Now we can obey God's laws if we follow after the Holy Spirit and no longer obey the evil nature within us. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. This is where we started. That's why I do not like the, the quote, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No. Because I'm concentrating on the sinner part. No, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God. My identity is in him and not in the sinful nature. Because if you dwell on the sinful nature, it's just like, don't run. What are your kids here? Run. Just a sinner. Just a sinner. No, 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 no. I'm a child of God. I'm a new creation. Old things are passed away. And, yes, you, everybody has to put the old nature down. Everybody has to deal with the old nature. That's why this is the battleground and not the playground. You can't play. You got to recognize it. That's sin. No. I can't throw a hissy fit anymore. And, but God's merciful. Okay, if, if, you're, if your toddler trips and falls, you go, get up. What's wrong with you? On a two-year-old or a one-year-old, you don't do that, and neither does God because you go back to the toddler ways and throw a hissy fit. If we repent, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. So do you recognize your flesh? Your flesh? Your flesh wants to stay up late, sleep late. You know, your flesh will throw a fit because they don't have chocolate ice cream at, at Walmart in the freezer, you know. Uh, we, we think this and that and the other. And, and some people call that uh, persecution. I'm being persecuted. They don't have chocolate ice cream in Walmart. We don't have a clue what persecution is. So hear me. We have, that's your flesh. Control it. You can control your thinking. You can. And so the Holy Spirit is our helper in this battle. The Holy Spirit if you find yourself something frustrating, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Amen? So let's go to B. Satan is your enemy. Some people don't even believe that there's a devil. They say that's just a, 
a metaphor for evil. But no, there is a demonic force, and he has demon spirits. And yeah, there's some in church right here right now. But so are angels. Come on, there are angels here. There are more angels than demons. And come on, they're greater. And guess what? You're greater. You're greater. But let's just kind of recognize how that the rascal works just for a little bit. In Romans 8, 5, and, and, and you know, he talks to us and, and, and deals with us. He talks, he talks, he talks. That, that, that. So put up Romans uh, 8, 5 for us. Those who are dominated by the, uh, no, I'm sorry. I was in the wrong scripture. Second uh, Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Recognize the flesh, okay? We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, it's not out there that the strongholds, it's talking about strongholds in here. Strongholds. Well, that'll never happen for me. Boy, I had that stronghold. Well, that won't work for me. Word of God, I never heard of that word of God working like that for me. You know, there's 3,000 promises in this book for you, and they will all work for you. Amen? Can I have a better amen? Amen. So, so casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Did you know that everything passes through your mind is not from God? Do you know everything that you believe in your mind is not from God? There are things that you will not even entertain because you don't think you can have it. Not going there. I'm not going there. I'm not going to even go over there. You know, it's man. We we got. We need help. That's just the way we are. No, it's not. That's a vain imagination. God will take you further and and take you into the greater if you'll let Him. Well, I can't do that. Well, what about the scripture you got it somewhere in the, on the hall? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you really believe that, or you you just got it up there because it looks good? Makes me feel good. Scriptures aren't just to make you feel good. They're making you be an overcomer. So the enemy comes with vain imaginations, and we need to cast down his arguments. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity, means you can cap capture a thought and send it out. But how many of you know thoughts are like a stray cat? If you feed it, it's going to come back. It's going to keep coming back and keep coming back. You still got to run it off. And I'd love to say you could shoot it, but you can't shoot thoughts, can you? There are, are weapons of our warfare are not carnal where you can shoot a thought or cut it out, but you can captivate it and recognize, I've caught you, that is not God. That thought is not from God, it's not God, and you captivate it and you say, that should not be my thinking, and send it out. Here's the key. Replace it. Replace it with the Word of God. No, I'm not supposed to think that. I'm not supposed to think that. I'm not supposed to think that. Don't do it. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. I'm a new creation. New, new, as a new creation, I shouldn't think that thought. I shouldn't think those thoughts. And you replace your thoughts and your thinking. You change your mind. Hey, can you change your mind? Change your thinking on this. You can change your mind, your thinking on everything. And, and when we talk about 
Uh, salvation, some people think they can't be saved. They've done too much. Are you kidding me? Paul killed Christians. And he wrote two-thirds of the Bible because God changed him. And, well, he was just somebody special. No, he wasn't. He was a man just like you are flesh and blood. He was flesh and blood. So as we look at these things, we need to bring everything. Satan wants to control your mind. He can if you won't allow it. He has suggestions, powerful lies. Do you know the devil can't read your mind? He talks and 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 he looks at your expression. Well, it's working. Oh, it's working. How many of us are going along and, and everything's going good and one text, one Facebook post, somebody calls you, something happens, and now you, oh, you're depressed. The enemy comes to depress you. He comes to steal your joy. Joy brings ease of life, ease. He comes to bring dis-ease, disease. He's a thief. He's a robber. He's a liar. Do you know his lies have just enough truth to grab your attention? But he's a liar. Recognize his lies. Ask, ask God to show you where he's been lying to you, where the devil's been lying to you. you got to com combat these things with the truth. I'm going to say it again. Do you know the majority of the stuff you think is not true? And you think it is. Huh. How does he work? Comparison. Well, I'm not as pretty as she is. And my marriage is not as good as theirs. If your marriage ain't good as theirs and you think theirs is all great, it's because you can't see the fertilizer from here. And I'm not talking about the kind you spread by hand. Well, they had a wonderful vacation. They didn't put on Facebook how the kids threw up in the car, got car sick, and all that stuff. And ah, Quit comparing yourself. That's the devil. You're blessed. Got to change our, you know, he just talks. He talks until you believe it or till fear comes. And then you start saying, I can't, I can't, I can't. Let's go to see. You know, we call the devil's thoughts temptation, but God's thoughts are inspiration. Come on, if it's not inspiring, it's an easy way to judge it, isn't it? See, the world's value system. It's the devil too. It's still the enemy. The world's value system. In, in 2 Corinthians 4.4, And talking about people whose minds the God of this age has blinded or the God of this world who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God should shine on them. I hate to say it this way, but a lot of people have a selective salvation. They'll believe this, but they don't believe that. Remember last Sunday we talked about that some people get saved and they stand in the doorway of salvation and never go in. Well, I'm saved. I'm saved and I'm just barely, I hope I, hope I can get a little cabin in glory. But, but look, you go out that door right over there and it's a whole big bright world out there. 
And if that door is salvation, you walk through that door. You don't stand in the doorway and look. Well, that looks good, but it's not for me. You need to walk on into it. God's called us to walk into the greater things and, and, and to have his life in us. Instead, quit standing in the doorway, and, and we need to go after him, the things of God. Pursue. So the God of this world, this world system, it, it, it's, it's ugly. What does the world system say? I, I, I got a shirt says, Nike says, just do it. I don't like that phrase because it tends to lead to the flesh. Cheat on your wife, just do it. Still, just do it. See where it can lead? Or if it, or the other phrase, if it feels good, do it. Now, eh, no, no, if it feels good, do it, you could be in prison for it. And just doing it could put you in prison if you look at the flesh side. But you know what? If it's in the spirit side, then just do it. Just go for it. Learn to grow in it. See, to prove the will of God is start walking in the things of God. Well, I don't know if I could do that. Well, you don't know till you try. You don't know. What if I fail? Whoop-de-doo. Everybody has failed before, but you learn from your failure and you keep pressing forward. I'm not the only one that's ever tripped and failed in here or had a bicycle wreck or had a motorcycle wreck or had a car wreck. But I'm still driving, and I can still ride a bicycle, and I can still ride a motorcycle, and I'm still walking. Amen? So dust yourself off and keep walking in the things of God and keep pursuing the things of God and keep running towards the things of God. If Jesus, you know, Jesus is the way. We're not born that way. We can be born again to Jesus' way. Just the way I was born, just the way we are. I, 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 have to, I hate to go after that over and over, but you know what? We're not like that anymore. Guess what the world wants to do, too? Sin looks good. Oh, sin looks good. The Bible says that sin looks good, but the end of it's death. That's the world tells you. It's all right. You don't don't have to serve God. You're all right. Mm. And God's ways are better. You make up your mind. Make up your mind. Change your mind. We're talking about thinking. God's ways are better. Say it with me. God's ways are better. Some of you need to shout it. God's ways are better. <laughs> the world discourages us with problems, and they make it, the world makes them bigger than what they are. You watch stuff on TV, and 95% of it don't even affect you, and you're worried about it. I was talking to somebody, and they said, man, did you see this on the news? I said, well, I hadn't seen the news in about three weeks. Are you kidding me? I said, well, I heard something about that, but I, I haven't watched it. You need to be watching that. I said, no. No, it's not encouraging me. And I said, it don't have nothing to do with me anyway. But I can pray. I need to be praying against that. I need to be praying over that. But you know what? I can't let it burden me and drag me down. The world wants to put everything on you. The Bible says to pray and cast your cares over on the Lord, for he cares for you. We're not living in the world. We're in, we're in this world, but not of it, okay? Kingdom again. So, expect. Look at your notes. Expect it, detect it, reject it. Expect the devil to come. Expect the world to be against you. Recognize. Hey, 
Here's one thing. Here's one thing. The world, you don't recognize the devil because it doesn't look like the devil. You know, if he, if somebody walked in and had a demonic face and horns and dragging a tail behind them and a pitchfork and they walking in, you'd make a new door, say, that's the devil, and you'd make a new door. But the devil doesn't come like that, does he? He goes, hey, baby, what's up? That's the devil. Uh, hey, baby. Either way. Or he draws you by money. Y'all see it all the time, you know, football players and, you know, gangsters doing all that stuff. Money, money's not God. Doesn't make a good God. But the reason the love of money is so evil because people chase money instead of God. And they think it'll bring joy and happiness, but it does not. Because there are millionaires still killing themselves. So, expect it. Detect it, reject it, reject the wrong thinking. Let's go to number two. I must focus my mind on the right things. You just can't let your mind drift around thinking about bad stuff. What about this? What about that? What about this? Oh, my, what are we going to do if this happens? Well, it's not going to happen. 90% of the stuff you worry about happening don't happen. And if it did, God's got you. Come on. God's got, got this. He's got you. Well, what if you die? I'm going to heaven. I got the answers. What if I live? I'm going, I'm going to bring heaven to earth. All right, all right. No, hey, let's think about Jesus a little bit. How about think about Jesus? Jesus has to be our number one focus. You know, there's a saying, it become a cliche, and that's what the devil does. He'll push something until he wears it out, even if it's godly. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? I mean, everybody had it on there, and, and somebody got mad at me because I was talking about everybody uses a cross, and I, I, I want you to wear a cross. I, but you look at rock stars, they're wearing a cross. What, what's that about? to make it of no effect. It's just a cool thing. No, Jesus was crucified. There he destroyed the works of the devil. Amen? In 2 Timothy 2.8, Timothy talks about keeping our, keep your mind on Jesus Christ. He was from the family of David and was raised from the dead at just as my good news says. So, so Paul's writing to Timothy, keep your mind on Jesus. He's resurrected. He's alive. He's alive. Guess what? I, how do I know he's alive? I wasn't there. But <laughs> I got him right in here. I have that witness. I have that assurance that I know Jesus. If you don't have the witness and the assurance, come on, your salvation needs to be more real. You know, a lot of people talk about Jesus like George Washington. What do you know about George? Well, he was a uh, he owned a plantation. He was a, a general in the Continental Army. He had wooden teeth. He chopped down a cherry tree. He's the first president. He's on a dollar bill. That's all from up here. Jesus don't want to live up here. Let's live in here, where you know, and you know in your spirit that you know that you know. 
And this right here is the gateway, okay? And so we need to focus on Jesus. We need to keep our mind. Look at Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are, are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report. That's why I don't want to watch the news. If there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. There was an old song, think about his love, think about his goodness, think about his grace that's brought us through. Come on, you ever heard that? You need to be meditating on the good things of how good God is, how good he is towards you. Look at the goodness of God in you, on you, around you. Come on, quit focusing on the evil, on the ugly. Let's focus on Jesus. Let's keep our mind on him, the good things that he's doing. Ephesians 3.20, this is where we need to live. Now unto him is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Everybody say in me. The power's in me, but we focus out there. We focus on what? What you can give me. You got plenty, you give me some. You got this one, how come I don't have it? I don't like you anymore. No, we're to be asking God because he gives abundantly. Our focus is not on what other people have, what other people are walking in, but what we can walk in. And I don't compare myself to how you walk with God. I compare me to how I walk with God because God will use everybody in this room that we'll submit to him and ask him, and he'll use everybody differently, which is good. Because you don't want to have to deal with your hair like I do. You don't want to walk in the way I walk, because I was made and called to walk in my walk. And I'm not talking about just being a pastor. I'm talking about being a Christian. Christian, you got to walk your walk. And you got to walk it holy and righteous and, and walk with the grace of God on you and be, be blessed to be a blessing. To change our thinking, to focus on Jesus, to focus on what he has done, to think about the power of God on the inside of us. It's the power working in me. Look at, look at B under this. Think about others. What in the world has that got to do? Think about others. If you're self-focused all the time, you're going to be depressed. If you're self-focused, you become the Dead Sea. What do you mean the Dead Sea? The Jordan, the river of Jordan flows into the Sea of Galilee full of fish. Jesus called the fishers, and they netted fish all the time. But the overflow of that flows into the Dead Sea, and there's no outlet for the Dead Sea. The water just trickles into the Dead Sea, and it's dead because there's no outlet. If you don't have an outward focus, you become dead on the inside. It's all about me and mine. And the church has been that way, and we as individuals have. Somebody said it like this, the church has become the keeper of the aquarium. This is our aquarium. Well, that wall, it's too, it's too hot in here. It's too cold in here. This carpet needs to, these chairs are too tough, rough. Keeper of the aquarium. I don't like the way Jeff dresses. I don't like the way you comb your hair. Keeper of the aquarium. Inward focus, not outward focus. One thing God told me, I was praying when I first came here, to quit looking in the mirror and start looking out the window. 
There's a whole world out there. There's 14,000 people in Wythe County alone that need Jesus. There's not enough churches, and we think there's a church on every corner. If 14,000 new people came to church on Sunday, where are we going to put them? Would you give them your seat? 14,000 people in Wythe County. What about Smith and Grayson and, and all those? Well, we got a job to do. And I know Jesus is coming, but we're supposed to be going after people till he comes. We're not supposed to stop or quit because we're looking at Jesus is coming. Well, I might as well just get back and get in a cave somewhere and eat some canned, you know, peaches. Jesus is coming. No, he said go out. Go out. Quit being inward focused and start doing something for somebody else. Look in Philippians 2.4. Man, oh, man, thinking about others, not looking at your own interests, but uh, each of you to the interest of others. You're talking about growing? Man, David David ministered on Wednesday night. Go back and listen to it. You don't grow till you start in the Word, till you really become a teacher, till you start digging in and trying to figure, you know, to know how it is and how it really works and know who Jesus is and, and make it real for yourself. Look at Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider how we spur one another toward love and good deeds, that we ought to be an encouragement. And the Spirit of God will put somebody on your heart. And you can call them on the phone. You can text them, hey, we love you today. God bless you. Or you can call them or you can look at somebody and you can just go up and say, hey, man, I'm praying for you to have a good day today. I'm praying for you to be blessed today. I'm, I'm praying for you to have a blessed day. But if you're going to stay inward focused, we got to change our focus and start looking at the kingdom. Most people in church get offended and hurt because they're inward focused. Let me say that again so you can say amen. Most people in church who get hurt are inward focused. Amen. So say, I'm not going to be inward focused. I need to be focused on what God wants me to do. Because there is a plan for you. And there are people that you can reach that I'll never reach. Nod your head. Yeah, that's me. There's people that you can reach that I'll never reach. I don't work where you work. I'm not kin to those people either. And you don't want to be kin to the ones I'm kin to. But we can be a light, amen, in the darkness. So see, how about thinking about eternity? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's eternity. That's eternity. Heaven should be just, just as real as the earth that you're living on. That's why people are afraid to die because heaven is not real. Heaven's up here. They may have Jesus in their heart, but heaven's up here. Because it's over when you die. It's just over. It ain't over. It's just beginning. This is the hardest we're going to have it. Woo! You talking about being able to dance on down the streets of gold? Woo! Because we got, nobody, there's no devil there lying to you every five seconds, too. You're no good. You're never going to make it. You're not even saved. He's a liar. I mean, he used to crawl in bed with me when I was a teenager. You're not even saved. You know what you was thinking. You know what you was doing. You know where you've been. Get out. And until I grew up, I stood in the door of salvation there and repented every Sunday because I need to rededicate, I need to rededicate, I need to rededicate. Nobody ever told me there was power 
to live this life. There's power. Wow. That I don't have to do all these crazy things that everybody else is doing and run down all these crazy roads everybody else is running. God's called us out. So we need to be heavenly-minded, eternity-minded. And, and so as you look at being eternity-minded, uh, here's the thing. These little pity-pat things that you're upset about, what does that matter in the light of eternity anyway? Huh? Well, I didn't have chocolate ice cream at Walmart. Who cares? What does that matter in the light of eternity? There's probably chocolate ice cream in heaven. Why not? Why not? I knew a lady, she just went to be with Jesus. She was 90-something, and she goes, I believe, I love pork so much, I believe there's going to be some bacon in heaven. I said, well, I don't know about that, but hey, if that's what you want to believe, that's all right. I don't have a scripture for that. I don't have a scripture for chocolate ice cream. But the Bible says we will sit down and have a last supper. We're going to be eating something. Come on, eternity-minded, eternity-minded. Did you know that when you give, that it's laid, you're laying up store in heaven? How about thy kingdom come, thy will be done? How about if you can call heaven down for healing or for salvation? How about calling down some, something you have store in heaven because you've given? Are you laying up anything in heaven? How about every time that you witness to somebody, you're laying up treasure in heaven? Oh, so we better get some treasure. Come on, God's called you to have some treasure. We're probably going to throw it at his feet, but hey, I'd rather enter in with something. And it's not about works. It's just talking about doing kingdom business. Come on, Colossians 2, 3, 2. We've got two more, and then I want you to write some stuff down. Think about the things of heaven and not the things of the earth. Become so earthly minded, and I know I've met people that are so heavenly minded that that they're no earthly good. Our feet are on the ground, but we're thinking about and we're doing kingdom business, kingdom, kingdom, building the kingdom of God. First Corinthians two nine. That is what the scriptures mean when it says the scriptures mean no eye has seen, no ear has heard. And no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Guess what? There's a place for you in heaven, but there's a place for you in the family right now. Right now. Right now. Glory, glory, glory. So get ready. So change your thinking, change your life. Number one, write down, test every thought. Test every thought. Boy, that just doesn't set right with me. Well, maybe it's not God. You know that God can warn you of things to come, but you still should need to test it. I got just a minute. Let me look. So I, I believe in spiritual dreams. I believe in the prophetic. I believe in that God can speak to people, and we have that, okay? But so let me give you that somebody you trust and believe uh, and they're trustworthy and they live a holy life and they come up and they say, Jeff, this sickness that you've got, uh, God's put that on you to, so that you can win your family to the Lord. 
And then, hold on, and then Miss Becky has a dream and says, uh, this sickness you have, God said in worship, you're going to be healed. Oh, you don't have to do anything. You just lift your hands one, one Sunday, and God's going to totally and completely heal you. So what do you do? What do you do? There's supposed to be words from the Lord. You test it and you prove it. You test every thought with Scripture. Nowhere did Jesus say, I'm going to leave this on you so you can get somebody saved. I'm going to test you with sickness. No, the Bible says that he cannot test. And James said, God doesn't test anybody with evil. And sickness is evil. Come on, can I have a better amen? I like somebody back there because sickness is not a blessing. I don't like dis-ease. I don't like pain. And so, so as we're looking at these things, we need to test every thought that Jesus went about doing good and healing all. The second one is put on your helmet of salvation. Is it on today? And I don't mean you physically have to do it, but you need to wake up every day and say, I'm a child of God. I'm an overcomer. I'm saved. Come on, saved, because the devil's coming after you. He's trying to talk you out of your salvation, and it'll depress you. Put on your helmet. How about imagine or, or think great thoughts? Are you thinking great thoughts? You know, last Sunday I asked, does anybody other than me want to lay hands on somebody that's blind and see them healed? Man, that's thinking great thoughts. Do you know, I got to find it. I got to get him to send it to me, but a, a friend of mine uh, was on a missions trip, and a lady had lost her eye, and it was a scar. It looked like a crack on a windshield. The scar was all uh, on her eye was gone. And they got through praying for her, and she had an eyeball in the middle of those scars. Woo! My son-in-law sent me a video that he prayed for a guy there in a, on a, a, a trip in Florida, and he was in combat, and he broke his back. And somebody gave, he, I don't know if he did, I got to get the whole story, but how to word it out is somebody's back's hurt, and he'd been in pain for years, a young guy, but he, since he's been back. And so Patrick prayed for him, and he said, the pain went down my back, down my leg, and shot out of my foot. And he goes, I, it's not normal for me to be able to touch my toes. And somebody said, well, that's the new normal for you. Amen? And God healed him. And so, so we got to look to these things. We got a testimony here in just a minute. We need to nourish a godly mind. Are you nourishing your godly mind? You know, uh, we, we're going to eat lunch here in just a little bit. Are you nourishing your mind? Come on, nourishment. And how about keep on learning? Never stop learning. Never stop studying. Do you know I can quote all kind of scriptures, but when I go and read it again, it becomes fresh and new. It, 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 it stirs in me. And where I'm weak, I have to go to the Word and get strong. Don't say I've heard that before. Don't quit saying I've heard that before. I was like, well, I've eaten a steak before. I'm never going to eat a steak again. I've had chicken. I am not eating chicken anymore. You're going to run out of stuff. You want to nourish your mind with the Word of God. Continue to continue. Bow your heads just for a second. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, will you accept Him today? His ways are better. His ways are greater. Will you accept Him as Lord and Savior? If that's you today, just lift your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor. I need Jesus. I need Jesus in my life. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling or you're online and your thoughts are eating you up. 
You need to bind those thoughts, chain them and cast them out and replace them with the Word of God. If you're struggling today with your thinking today, I want you to just lift your hand. You know, I can't pray that God wouldn't send those thoughts, but you, I will ask the Holy Spirit to come and empower our thinking, that we're not hopeless. Father, I thank you that every mind in here is renewed by the Word of God. Holy Spirit, be our helper. Help everyone in here to renew their mind, uh, to, to, to capture thoughts that are not of you. And we thank you, Father, that that's done. And we'll start thinking whatsoever is good and pure and holy and righteous for your sake. In Jesus' name, amen.